Good morning, everybody. I'm Evelyn. And I am Kendall. And we are Life and a Cup of Coffee. We are Life and a Cup of we Coffee? We are. That's so awesome. Thank you. It's, isn't, it shouldn't be like Welcome to Life and a Cup of Coffee, where we discuss God, life, and where we fit in over a cup of coffee? Perfect. <laughs> you did it. This is going to be a fun one. What are we talking about today? I well, wonder? first, I want to um, talk about this coffee that we're having today. It is um, blueberry cinnamon crumble. And mm. we got it yesterday, the beans, and I ground them up. And um, I don't think it tastes like blueberry. It doesn't. Maybe a hint of cinnamon? It did in the store. I don't know if it did. Maybe we just imagined it. Do you think I psychologically smelled and tasted it? The guy it? told us it was, and so we decided it was. Was uh, That's a dogma, right? No. Oh, it's it's, it's uh, it, it. I don't know what it was, but I recall him going, yeah, try this. It's blueberry. And he popped in some awesome adjectives that explained it, you know, word modifiers. This is awesome happiness in a cup. And it, and it tastes like blueberry. And I tasted it in the store. And I was like, this, he's so right. I would say that we're gullible, but it is nice, and even that, if it doesn't taste like blueberry. Yeah, but we purchased this for a certain amount of money. Um, and it we, was a little pricey, and, but, you know. And right now I'm like, I'm just going to have an awesome cup of happiness. It is. It is good. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah but you know what? Really quick, I think ever since um, the C word. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I don't say the C word, but ever since um, COVID, <laughs> <laughs> my taste buds have been off. Have yours? Uh, off and on, but I think that has to do with age as well. Because don't when we get stop older, cursing, I'm, stop I'm cursing. Sorry. Is that the C word, curse? Well, I yeah. mean, when you say it's age, that's cursing. Well, you do lose your taste buds sometimes. Uh, uh, the sensory system is very well. Different. My sensory system just went sensitive because. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to blame okay. everything on COVID, all right? Well, do but, you like the coffee? Yeah, it's all right. Okay. It's not the best. But what are we talking well, about today? Um, I think we're going to talk about um, dogmas or what are we talking about? Um, well, I think we were talking about the other day, you asked the question, hey, wouldn't it be cool to have a conversation on like um, how Christians agree or disagree, and what do what can we agree or it, on that where we still are Christians, right? Right. And what are those? Are there certain things that push us outside of those boundaries of being a Christian, right? Yeah, I think that Paul talks somewhere in Scripture about being of one like mindedness or something. Yeah, like he was that. Spe- that's in yeah. Philippians. He was speaking of being of the mind of Christ. All right. And I you know, it's the mind, the heart of Christ. Okay, he wasn't talking about that we all had to think alike, right? No. Um, in Philippians, Paul was facing a situation like he does with with all of his letters. Right? right. And there was a situation occurring within the um church or the Christians at Philippi that he was addressing. Mm-hmm. And there was um certain uh, disagreements between two prominent women of the church, I would say leaders of the church. Um, and it was keep holding them back from uh, moving forward with God's mission on earth. I know that sounds wordy, but that's the best I can put it. What, he was asking the women not to He's move He's like, man, forward? you need to find a way to ag- agree and get along so that you can move forward and engage, fully engage in the mission of God. These Were the women disagreeing? Yeah, th- uh, and you read about that in Phil- Philippians 4 at the end of it, um, Syntyche and Yoida, okay, um, Euodia. 
is the name. And they were so prominent within the church. By the way, the Philippian church was, you know, Lydia in Acts. Right. Okay. Right. It was very, it was very prominent with women um, in ministry there. So, um, so um, these two prominent leaders, you know what happens when your leaders don't get along, it kind of spills out into the rest. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was going on. And Paul's like, man, you guys, you, you have to get along. I encourage you to find a way and have the mind of Christ. All right. Count others' agenda more important than yours. Okay. He's not saying that yours is unimportant, but you need to basically you need to listen to each other, find a better way to converse because how you're doing is not working. And when you do these things, the world can look upon you and say, "Man, that's how we we work things out." Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was pretty much going on in the letter of. Oh, sorry about that. I hit the table with my watch, but that was pretty much what was going on. They were disagreeing. So Christians dis- disagree all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in their theology and uh, how things are. Like different denominations have different belief systems. Yeah, and, and that's okay because it doesn't, you know, change the one it, true meaning. It is okay, and there's this whole discussion. Are certain things worth um, worth dividing over? Um, that's a that's a really tough question because I don't think God, Christ, Holy Spirit ever intended His bride, the Church, to be splintered the way it is. Right, right. right. I think that He, uh, Jesus, taught us to try to unify. Yeah. Um, in fact, I got I drew up the scripture here. Um, if there is any, this is from Philippians chapter two, right from the beginning. If if then there is any encouragement in Christ and consolation from love, that's key right there. Any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, right? If there's any of these things at all, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full account and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Man, when you're looking across to someone else and you see Christ, you're going to see just beautiful things. But when you're looking across to an opponent, you're not going to see those things and you're not going to act in love. And that's when we get into um, certain um, let's say despotic ways of communicating with people. Oh yeah, I know a lot of despots. You do, yeah, and they're, they they tend to be more and more within a society that doesn't agree. Right, right, right. And um, by despot, we mean someone who who says it's this way or else, and their beliefs tend not to shift. All right, um, we we and you see that within Christianity, anytime where where there's a belief system that is held to, you get a lot of despots. Um, and you hear them talk in ways like, follow me, our time is now. I know the truth. This is the truth. And it's very like kind of in your face, okay, and almost fun- fundamental, yeah, right? Some, some people are drawn to that, and some people are very put off by that, I think. I'm but quite frankly put off by it. I am too, but there are a lot of people drawn to it. Yeah, and you know, Jesus never said, follow me or else. Right, exactly. He, he didn't come along the, um, the um, Sea of Galilee, and, and he saw Peter, and he said, follow me or die. It's, it's more like, <laughs> yeah, it's more like, um, you can join me if you would like. He said, man, if you join me, I will make you to become. It's a process, fishers of men, and it's it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take work, and you're going to have to leave everything. But I'm telling you, 
You know, human beings are worth it. Yeah, Um, it's still like that now. We're still a a work in progress. Yeah, Um, we can't say that we know everything. We can say it, but it's it's not true. Yeah, and that's weird. You see a lot of people who say you cannot exhaust God. He is, he is, you know, you cannot know everything about God. But then they open up the Bible and claim to know everything about exactly. the Bible. Exactly, yes. I know some people like that, too. Dude, you're, that's yeah. like weird. Something's not connecting there. But I don't really argue with people like that because what's the use? I mean, they really are kind of, I, I call it close-minded. Um, I would love it, though, if if you could have conversations with a person like that and that they are open-minded enough to just go home, even if they believe you're wrong, and research and see that it's quite possible that maybe things aren't exactly like they thought. Like a possibility. Yes, yes. Is, is there a possibility this could mean dot, 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 rather than this means this, and I will not have any conversations over this whatsoever. The word is spoken. You see that despotic yes. type of thinking? Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think we have to avoid as Christians when we talk and we, we kind of call, every, every Christian's called to lead others, is this kind of um, demagogic, Kind mm-hmm. of um, stance, dictator. Well, no, mm-hmm. the, the um, spot falls in the line of oh. dictator because it's like, What's... follow me or else. Now's the time. Let's go for it. And they speak on the truth, and only they knew the truth, and you need to believe this or else. Uh, um, demagogue um, would fall in more of the lines of manipulation. They'll shift their beliefs around in order to get you to follow oh. them, um, and they're very. Um, you can you can see what's going on They're there. Tricksters. Yeah, they tend to like divide people. So a uh, gullible person would um, probably fall into. Well, you know, that you know, I, I think I think so. I mean, a, a demagogue would like um, divide and conquer. All right, I'm going to divide. So I got I got you over here, and we we kind of like separate the people. You kind of see that going on in the world within yeah. the Western world right now. You got this actually uh, in some churches type of leadership. Yes, and in, it's sad. Yeah, some of the churches that they found out um, a lot of bad stuff about. Oh my gosh! That charismatic no. personality or the person that's really smart can convince you of certain things. Yeah, and we have to be very careful. Um, uh, you know, I, I've been blessed, and I've been—I think one of my gifts is my ability to communicate words. But I have to uh, be very careful in how I use them because um, words can get people to do things. But that's not—it's not my words that I think you know that I'm preaching. I really have to be in prayer that I'm communicating what God wants to say. And it's all—and you've seen me put together sermons before where I'm like, I want to say this, and then three days later, God softens it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, because like I want to break the ice and God's saying, you know what, why don't we try melting it instead? One takes Oh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of my professors said that, said that. Um, oh, I, so you didn't, you didn't make that up. No, I make very little Well, I'm up. glad that you gave your professor credit yeah, for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I make very little up. But listen, it, it's harder to um, speak a loving word. You, you know what I mean? And let things fall where they may and yeah, let the Holy Spirit transform the people. It's really tempting and easy to stand before the people and say, follow me, you know, and then, then it becomes a power, power grab. And I'm like, do this or else the world is like this and you are separate. I mean, we are separate people, but that you see where I'm, where I'm asking people to follow me rather than follow God there. Yeah, I think yeah. that Jesus uh, wanted us to unify rather than yeah. Um, split. Yeah. Now, you mentioned um, dogmas earlier. The dogmas are those things that are essential, 
They're essential beliefs. Mm-hmm. And if you don't adhere to them, you kind of fall outside of the boundary yeah, markers. Why don't you explain to everybody about what a dogma is versus Yeah, a dog, dogma is something you absolutely must believe. And if you deny it, then I, I think it, you fall under the lines of being um, heretical. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a clear dogma, just look at the, um, the creeds that we have, like the um, Apostles' Creed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I believe in God, the Father, creator of heaven and earth. Well, right off the bat, I don't believe that. Well, <laughs> that's the first thing you learn about uh, God. He's a creator God in scripture. In the beginning, God created, or when God created, however you want to um, interpret that. Um, Jesus, um, the Christ, his only son. Um, now, that's a dogma. So the creed contains dogmas. Where'd the creed come from? Uh, the old Roman creed, um, believe it or not, the first creed in the Bible is Peter's confession. You are the Christ, the son of the God, son of God. When Jesus asks that question, he stands up and represents the rest of the disciples. That's the yeah. first creed. It's a confession. Yeah. Some people think that the creeds just were written by the Catholics no. and that we just say them. Yeah, but. the Catholic Church didn't come into fruition um, until much later. In fact, the word Catholic in the old Roman creed, the Apostles' Creed, is... It doesn't mean that Roman Catholic Church, it means universal. Yeah, I used to think that when yeah. I said it, and I was like, but I'm not Catholic. Yeah, so. I mean, like, here, here's one that'll blow your minds. The letters in the um, New Testament toward the end, like the letters, uh, letters of James, they're mm-hmm. written to the Catholic Church, not the Roman Catholic Church, the Church Universal, the Church and Diaspora. Um, so it's universal. They're, they're called the Catholic letters within theology. But I, I've if the Catholics didn't exist... Well, you got to look at the term. Catholic, universal. That's what it means. It doesn't point to any. Um, yeah, they just use the. Yeah. Where did the creed come from? It was an old baptismal um, formula. Do you believe in God the Father, creator of heaven and earth? And, or what do you believe about God? And they would say, I believe in God the Father, creator of heaven and earth. They'd move forward through these confessions of faith. Um, and um, That was a way of teaching people too, right? Yeah, Christianity I mean, is very much about teaching, uh, very invested in how we understand things. And here, here's the thing. The people in the New Testament, that first century, let's say within the first 10 years of Christianity, post-resurrection, um, it's very much a Jewish, a lot of, um, the Jew, it's a Jewish type of faith, right? Mm-hmm. Except things happened after a while. You, you can't convince me that they have they had a well, extremely developed theology like we do today, like on certain things like Trinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they just didn't. Um, so, so you got a question like what did they believe and how did, or the, um, the, the situation in Acts where um, Paul and Silas are put in jail and the, um, the jailer converts over to Christianity. How developed was his understanding? <laughs> well, very underdeveloped, I would say, but I think that he found something so special in it. And I think he that's... wanted what they had. Yeah. Now, here's the amazing thing I think God will and can work with your faulty understanding or your lack of understanding. But when it comes to issues of the heart, okay, it, when we hurt people, and we we lash out. That's an issue of the heart, right? Mm-hmm. When our heart is so darkened that nothing we understand in our brains and our heads affects that, right? We're just dark. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say, um, yeah, God can definitely work with our faulty thinking. Here's a, here's a wonderful example. Let's talk about the um, the um, the Good Samaritan. 
right? Mm-hmm. The two religious leaders, prominent, they they walk by this person that was on the side of the road, right? Right, right. And they had correct thinking, did they not? Mm-hmm. But their hearts kept them from helping the person. In walks the um, person from Samaria, right? And helps out. You know, the good Samaritan helps out. Now, the Jews believe that this person had faulty thinking, right? He had incorrect thinking. He didn't have the um, belief system of the Levites and the Pharisees and all that stuff, right? They looked down upon that. But he had the right heart. Think about that for a second. That's huge, right? Mm-hmm. So the religious leaders had the um, right thinking, but uh, their hearts were kind of dark and it kept them from helping. But the good Samaritan had the faulty thinking, but the heart to take care of another human being in need. Who was right in that situation? The Samaritan, of course. Yeah, so God can work with yeah. your with your thinking. Incidentally, that's an amazing passage right there because like who did Jesus affirm in that passage? Not the ones who thought right, but the ones the who Samaritans, acted right. Samaritans, yes. Yeah, so you got this kind of works thing going on. I'm not saying salvation through works, but it very much has something to do with it. Well, works comes from the heart. Is what I think that Man, in that it situation. Just flo- well, it flows through the heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it flows through the heart. Um, so he was thinking with his heart and not his brain. They were thinking with their brains, and they say "bless you," and they think that that's enough. Yeah, and it's not enough. It's not enough. You must reach out and um, love God by loving others. You really do, and that's what it really comes down to with this whole issue of like thinking. It, you can have an incorrect belief, and I don't think that sets you so far outside of the bounds of. Um, Christianity, but when your belief starts hurting other people, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, and I think, you know, because we do live in a day and an age where everyone loves to be right. We have information in our pockets, right? We love to be right. And that's when our rightness starts being weaponized to hurt other people. Yeah, I always have to remind myself not to um, tout how right I am. A lot of times I'll say something and I will cover it by saying, I could be wrong. This is just the way I think right now, but my thinking can evolve and change. And I think that in Christianity, we should be able to try to open our minds up enough to grow in our Christianity because we don't know it all right now. But if we keep listening and talking and having the conversation, we can grow with that. I don't, I mean, I think anytime anything is cut off, then you're not giving it a chance to help grow. And in it in in that, I think sometimes people feel like they have to shut it down because they're afraid that they're possibly too weak mentally to um have the discussion that maybe something bad will come in there and yeah. they don't want, they're afraid. They they're want to afraid. protect what they believe. Yeah. And it, it, there's a certain um, fundamentalism that seeps in and it, it, you, you engage in that too much. It, it becomes a one-sided conversation where if the person doesn't listen to you, it's or else. And then they start labeling you as like a non-believer or whatever, or you're being so heretical, but what do they just engage in? Despot. Yeah, and then and they're you know possibly you know they've tried to manipulate what they're teaching you and telling you, and not not allowing you to think falls under the line of being a demagogue, if you ask me. And it's not giving yourself a chance to um, open your mind up to learn something that may actually make your life even better. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, we don't know everything about God, but at the same time, and at the same time, God doesn't like He doesn't take any pleasure in how little we know about Him. And God being a, a divine being with personhood, right, character, mm-hmm. um, 
feelings, might I say? I think, God, do you care about what people think of you? And if people think wrongly of you, does it hurt? Yes. Do you think it hurts God? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I think we should try to be accurate, but let's not force ourselves on a God that is so diverse that we can't even begin to fathom mm-hmm. um, who God is. But we do know one thing through Jesus Christ, all right? who is the manifestation, the physical manifestation, the fullness of God, just embodies. Um, God is love. What did you mean by diverse? Well, God is this, and he's also that. God is not one thing. And the moment you try to say God is one thing, Mm -hmm. you can't encompass all things. And that, by and large, makes God diverse. The very fact that God is a creator God, and he created not just one ethnicity, but several the fact that many nations have arisen and not several, the fact that in Revelation it says, and the nations, means his focus is on a diverse people, not a a people that are just simply flattened and boring. Well, what about diverse ideas? Diverse ideas. Um, I think we should always be in discussion on... Well, listen, let me put it this way, and then we'll start wrapping it up, okay? Okay. I'm a creative person. You're a creative person. Mm -hmm. So you ask us a question, we're never going to give you one answer. Right. Okay? Um, And I think that that's where diverse ideas come from. And I think the creativity within the Western world and the day and age that we live in um, embraces the idea of several ways rather than one way. Mm -hmm. I think it's when people say there is only one way um, that we start running into trouble. Now, I'm not talking about logistical things like of math, okay? Mm-hmm. It, listen, two plus two is four. It, it just is, okay? So there's not much diversity in that. But I think when the creative people start coming together and say, is there more possibility in thinking about this than, um, than there is? Okay, mm-hmm. there's got to be more one way. Besides, when I read the Bible, I'm constantly, God's constantly saying, ha ha, it's mm-hmm. not what you think. <laughs> and, and when we're talking about this, we're talking about in uh, religious contexts or something like that, rather than what's going on in the world today, right? No. I mean, you, you, can, you can go there, you know, you can hold on to that. But I, I, I broaden my, um, I believe that we live in a world that should be seen through a theological lens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, got- yeah. If we look through uh, uh, that theological lens, uh, through God's lens, then we can look at everything yeah. that's going on in the world. With yeah. That. Um, just momentarily, you want to talk politics? Politics gets very dangerous when someone says there's yeah. only one way to do something, and it's my way. Right. Right there is despot. And that's not good. A, a, a leader should say, let's sit around the table and discuss the ways that work out and harmonize with everyone. Not everyone's going to be happy, but it is a way forward. Mm-hmm. I think that applies for just humanity in general. Mm-hmm. And when someone comes along and says, it's my way or else, we got a problem. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Especially, Jesus never did that. Yeah. Especially you know? with the churches, too. Yeah. I, I understand that. that Jesus says, I am the way, the light. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand that. I get that. Um, but don't be so um, closed-minded to the things of Scripture that you know everything about Scripture, but yet at the same time you claim that God mm-hmm. is inexhaustible. That's yeah. weird. And, and as a Christian, we should understand that people who aren't Christian, they have different religions and different cultures yeah. and, and things that God will work through. Um, yeah, you can't say the Holy Spirit is working in everything and then deny the, that the Holy Spirit's working in that. Yeah. 
that somehow, <laughs> some way, they'll get that message. Yeah, and, that doesn't and, make sense to me. Yeah. And, or how about this? God is, all goodness belongs to God. But then when you see goodness happening um, out, outside of the boundaries of Christianity, you're like, except for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here we're back to the Good Samaritan again, right? Right. So, yeah. The heart. The yeah. heart. Let's get to the heart of the matter, people. Let's get to the heart of the matter. Heart mm-hmm. over mind, but don't let your feelings mm-hmm. rule you. That's oh, another topic. Yeah. We'll How are we going to wrap this up, Evelyn? Um, well, I don't know. I thought it was a, uh, just a fun conversation. I thought so, too. You know, um, not a lot of joking. Yeah. You know, it um, got a little serious. That's okay. Well, it's a serious topic. How do we, um, how do we well, have this conversation? I know what we can do. We mm. can say, my cup is not overflowing. In fact, it's almost empty, so I'm going to go get another cup of coffee. My cup runneth over. Oh, well, I just went on King James. That's on because you talked a lot and you didn't really drink. Everybody, think and let think. Don't let your rightness harm others. You may be right, but you may be going about using your rightness wrong. In the love of God and the love of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit flowing through you to love others, bring that out into the world and count others as more important than the agendas that you have for them, for yourself, and for the world. Amen? Amen. Can I press that? Yeah, press this one right here. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.